Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Intentionally You podcast. On today's episode, we'll be talking about getting to know you. Today, we want to speak about getting to know yourself as a precursor to being intentionally you. Identity is a big philosophical subject that's been debated since the start of time, and in order to be the person you want to be, you've got to know who that is. Through this episode, we'll be sharing exercises, resources, and advice on how to figure out who the fuck you are, so you can draw on that whenever you need to, to intentionally become the best version of your authentic self. (laughs) Hey, girlfriend! How you going? I'm living my life intentionally, you know. Always intentionally. Let's dive in. So... Shall we start off with a refresher on the concept of intention? Yes, for sure. What does it mean to set intentions and why is it valuable? Yeah, so I mean, to live with intention is to live on purpose. So as opposed to living on autopilot, letting life kind of pass you by and circumstances control you. So it's a way of reclaiming your power and directing yourself towards the life you will find the most joy in, which I think is always fun. So an intention is kind of like a goal. When you consciously choose to work towards something with deliberate action, you're significantly more likely to achieve that thing. So you'll always have your attention in your mind, and this will make it easier to make choices that support achieving that intention. Getting clear on the things you want makes it easier to get those things. So it's the number one step. And now, loads of times in my felt life, I felt lost. Uh, and usually that's because I didn't take the time to evaluate what I actually wanted. So I just wanted to complain when I got the things I didn't want. But obviously, that doesn't get you anywhere. So intention setting provides a clear route and is also like proven to highly increase your motivation and productivity. So when you set an intention, your subconscious and conscious mind work together for you to find ways to make that intention a reality. And I'm like, which is sick. Yeah. Now, the cool thing about intentions is that obviously they can have varying time frames. So you could set the intention to be confident and well-spoken when you're having like an interview. So like just for that period. Or you could set the intention to be respectful to yourself at all times. Or it could be something more open, like, you know, it's my intention to optimize my capacity to heal and be healed. So that's quite like vague, but I feel like it's a good way to like look at life as you're going through it, if you know what I mean. So some intentions will be long-term and some are like more moments. You know, the book we were talking about in the manifestation episode, Char, it was the Asking It Is Given by Esther and Jerry Hicks. And in there, there's a segment on there's a section on in segment intending and basically what that is is like they explain that every time you enter a new segment your intentions change so if you're for example washing up and your phone rings like it's your sister ringing you like yo um you're going to be entering a new segment something new has happened or like if you get into a new car not into a new car but if you get into a car I mean, if you get into a new car that's also a new thing but if you get into a car or if like say somebody else comes into the room that you're in when you take the time to mentally get your thoughts of expectations started prior to the new segment, obviously like, sometimes you don't know that somebody's about to enter the room, but like a lot of the time you do know you're about to go do something, like you're about to leave for work or whatever. And if you get your expectations ready, you'll be able to create a more specific like tone of that segment. So as opposed to walking into the segment and beginning to observe it as it already is, which can then be pretty shit or... Do you know what I mean? It's like not as mm-hmm. good. So... We usually kind of project the tone of the previous segment of the day onto the next segment by living on autopilot. And that can mean that we're letting the circumstances of that moment beforehand rule how we live as we go forward in the day, which is like what we were talking about last time about, you know, if you're having a bad day, usually bad things keep happening because you're kind of allowing what's happened in the morning to carry through with you through the rest of the day. So like, sure. Yeah. So like, for example, if you was having a really, really nice morning, you were just chilling, making a nice breakfast, having a nice time, 
And then the phone rang and you remembered that you had something important to sort out, probably like what you had today, <laughs> and you had to take the call. Then you have then you can set the intention for the call to be efficient and friendly and brief so that before you answer, you're kind of expecting something good to be happening in the way you want it to happen. Because when you do that, you basically create like a positive flow surrounding the conversation you're about to have. And your positive expectation of the call will like dovetail into that. So you basically prepare the future conversation before it happens to comply with your good feeling intentions. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, I love that. So yeah, so we constantly basically project our expectations onto our future experiences. So you know, like if you say, oh, I'm going to have the best night ever this Friday, can't wait. Or you say, oh, I'm dreading going to this thing. You're already inflicting how you feel now onto that. So second mm-hmm. intending helps you to consciously consider what it is you're projecting onto it. And then it gives you the control to prepave the way to all your future segments in the way that you want them to be. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean it's always going to work. But when I practice this more often than not, it does work. You know, you say, I want to wake up in the morning feeling really, really energized and confident. And you wake up in the morning, you're like, I had such a good night's sleep. Do you know what I mean? Like, you feel well rested. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So, to set good intentions for your personal journey, it's quite important to know who you are and what you're about, which is where the topic of identity comes in, which we're obviously about to talk. Okay. So, when we talk about identity, we mean questions posing that as in, who am I? Why am I? What am I? How does our idea of ourself affect us day to day? So, identity is a huge philosophical subject. And the questions start around this. How do we define who we are? Is it our thoughts, our emotions, our actions, our likes and dislikes, our effect on others, our words, our souls, our quirks, our humor, or is it our social mark? In the metaphysics of identity, the Shep of Theseus is a thought experiment that raises the question of whether an object that's had all of its components replaced remains fundamentally the same. And this can be said about us as people and what makes us us and our identity so as the story goes there is a famous ship that theseus sails and (laughs) it gets changed over thousands of years different parts of the ship break and they keep getting replaced by other people to keep it the same and then the question begs well actually not many of the parts or no parts of the original ship are the same so is it still the same and it's like a philosophical question um which i think is a good example yeah 100 percent. i think obviously it's a big question of whether because we obviously change all of our cells change every like but also we obviously change as people all the all the bloody time and um i feel like when we're learning who we are when we're younger we learn who we are by copying others like when you're a little kid you imitate other people like it might be your parents or your superhero or just the people around you at school, but you're imitating others in some ways to learn who you are. And usually when you fail to be more like those people because you're not that person, that's when you realize who you are. So you might think, oh, my dad's really good at games, but that's not really something I'm interested in. And that's how you learn. Do you know what I mean? That's how you learn who you are. So I think it's important though, when you're talking about all this kind of identity stuff, because when you don't like who you are, it can often happen because you don't really know who you are. So you don't really like how you behave um, or like what you get up to. Like I definitely have been kind of like ashamed of myself in the past. Um, and, you know, when you don't like who you are, you're going to self-sabotage. You're going to get to get in your own way, whether it's in like relationships or career or, you know, pursuing something that you're really, really interested in, like, you know, your passion type thing. 
And you don't want to be kind of subconsciously putting yourself in situations that make you more unhappy because you think it's what you deserve because you don't know yourself well enough to love yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll start to be kind of pulled apart on the inside by your innate desire to be loved and liked and happy and a good person. And then also by your belief that you're not worthy of love, etc. Like just in the same way that when you first meet people, you might not like or support them. But when you get to know people, usually you can kind of like find a soft spot for them. And that's what you're kind of looking to do for yourself. If you get to know, who am I? If I didn't have to worry about the limitations that society puts on me or what other people expect of me or what's cool or, do you know what I mean? Like, if you can actually think about, okay, who actually am I? And you might realize that actually you really like who you are. You just don't like how you behaved in the past or you don't like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's at least the situation for me. Um, and, it, you know, if you if you both try, so you and you <laughs> try to find a link why you like each other then you'll be able to do it and it's quite easy to do because it's both you and you it's not like you and some random stranger that you've like both had like evil eyes for each other and then you've been like oh should we hang out kind of thing um and i think this is something that will help you like kind of remove the negative self-talk we've spoken about in pretty much all of our other episodes that will kind of bring you down so you can remove it by thinking okay this is my friend who am i who am i going to be nice to like I don't want to be bullying my friend and that's me. Do you know what I mean? Like you just wouldn't stay friends with somebody who like, or take advice from or keep promises to somebody who's not that nice to you. And if you don't like yourself, you're not that nice to yourself. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, it all fits. It all fits. So, I mean, something that I definitely have had a problem with in the past, and I know you have as well, Shara, is self-sabotaging. And I was reading this article the other day that said, um, you know, if you're worried that you're self-sabotaging, a good way to find out is to ask yourself these questions. So one of them is, am I prioritizing instant gratification? So like, do I think what's happening, what I might get out of this right now is way more important than what it might give me in the future or take away from me in the future? Am I avoiding what needs to be done? Am I not prioritizing self-care? And am I focusing on self-defeating thoughts? Because I feel like the whole thing about identity comes down to a lot of the big self questions like self-help self-development self-discovery self-worth self you know like self-hate self everything self-love self-care and i think self-sabotage is it's like you are you and you're making life harder for yourself and when you learn to kind of relate to yourself more and love yourself more you work to find ways to make life easier for yourself and more enjoyable so it's important to figure out who you are to yourself to be able to give yourself the best life. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's a shame because so many of us feel like that, or at least for some stage in our life. It's like life can be hard enough with pressures from job or if you've got kids or, or any other aspect of life, or society itself, you know, like you talked about earlier, when you're young and at school, you sort of learn, oh, what's cool and what's not. And oh, I don't know, for example, when thinking about like clicks and stuff like oh I'm a geek or oh I'm one of the popular ones or I'm not popular enough and that's what the sad thing is as well is when you're young is that can shape who you are based on what yeah society or school life expects of you but it obviously carries on throughout your whole life depending on where you are in your life and it's like we shouldn't be self-sabotaging when there's already so many things out there like waiting to get us if that makes sense 100% you want to be your own like biggest fan your own best friend your own supporter um and actually it's quite interesting that you said all this because something that I want to talk about as we go forward in this episode is being your own parent as well and 
like I know a lot of people have good enough parents and everyone like a lot of people just feel really happy with the parents they have but most people will find if they look back I know at least we both have reasons to realize that they didn't get everything out of having a parent that they could have got and that's not necessarily because the parents are like really shitty people or anything but just because it's hard to give every every child everything that they need and I think that as you get become an adult, you have to learn to be your own best friend and your own parent and your own everything. And that doesn't mean you don't have other people. If anything, it means that you just definitely have one person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life, you. And then the other people around you will also learn how to give you the support you need, but you don't have to rely on them for it. I think also what happens at school a lot of the time, which obviously relates to what you were saying, and I don't know what your school life was like too much. I know you said that you were a bit more like confident and louder towards the end of school, but did you, were you, did you experience problems when you were, I mean, I know everyone kind of gets bullied, but did you have problems when you were younger? Maybe not so much as bullying in terms of how some people are bullied, which is really awful, but I was kind of bullied by one girl when I was quite young in primary school. And then it was sort of always over friends. And then it would be like, I'd go through all that. And then my friends would like leave me or something and I'd be left out. And it that after a while really takes its toll. And then the next day or the next week, you're best friends again. And then, then you're not. And it's like, it's that was, damaging. yeah. And I think that is why I'm always someone who really wants to be liked by everyone, which sometimes it annoys me because like, I don't even like that person. Why am yeah, I, so you're valuing, I need their validation? Or yeah, you're valuing their opinion of you over your opinion of you. So difficult, isn't it? Yeah, and then I went to a new school and then there was a girl in the year above me who was ugh, like horrible to me and now she always tries to add me on Instagram and like wave at me and like try and be friends and it's like you literally made me feel like awful when I was a new student at a new school. Like when I was like ten, eleven years old, which is a really like vital yeah time in growing up. So <laughs> you can do one. Um and then when I went to secondary school, I mean I've had acne all my life. I've had braces and it still happens now. And I don't really know why this is, but I'm always the one that gets taken the mick out of. Like my whole life's a joke or I'm quite clumsy and like everyone will always take the mick out of me. It's happened in every relationship I've been in. It's happened in every friendship group. And I don't really mind now because there's obviously just something about me why that happens. But when it used to happen at school a lot and then I'd also get teased about like the acne and stuff as well and the braces and everything. Yeah. That was a lot. And there was a period between like 14 and 16 where my mental health was pretty bad. And I had like depression and I started self-harming and stuff. But then it became like cool at school to do that. And I remember like loads of girls would be cutting themselves and stuff. And it was just really messed up actually and like not a trend. And that made me really angry and sort of isolate myself, I suppose. Yeah. And yeah. So my, and then. I'm going to be honest and say I was mean to quite a few girls at school, which now I feel awful about because I, it was like survival of the popular and I wasn't popular. I was kind of in the middle. So I'd always side with the popular one and yeah, try and try and be part of that, be a bit better, you know, and now that makes me feel so awful because that's just not me now, which maybe yeah. relates back to, you know, you, you change for your life and thank God I'm not like that. And if I am, then I want someone to like pull me up on that, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like, I'd get teased sort of like, I'd get teased, but not in like a bullying way in like a, what people would think was a banter way. So I just used to yeah. try and go with it. Yeah. Um, that was but, like to be fair. 
Like yeah, it does. Like you're all having a joke, but somebody that you actually think is well fit is saying something really mean to you, and you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, literally, <laughs> literally, so funny. <laughs> Trying to I think that made me louder and like I used to yeah. be like louder as to, to kind of pretend it didn't really bother me but it was more at school like falling out or like the bitchiness that I just couldn't stand like girls hating girls I literally cannot stand it it just it reminds me of feeling so awful at school or not wanting to go to school or like being so nervous I'm quite used to be quite well sometimes I slam quite a nervous person and like I knew if I'd fallen out with someone the day before I'd I'd be like being sick at school because I'd be so nervous like have a nervous tummy um and I'd be dreading it and it's all I'd be thinking about and like it's really weird because now if I spoke to those girls who I used to fall out with stuff they'd probably think like oh yeah I wasn't really like that bothered or like they they wouldn't care or whatever Mm. and again it could be someone who I don't really like but I just don't want to have that conflict with them but it's making me worry so much and has she told everyone and does everyone hate me and does the teacher know and like just ridiculous things but yeah I wouldn't say like my last two years of school I quite enjoyed even though those things were still happening um but I wouldn't say school was awful for me like I think compared to a lot of kids I had quite an easy ride but I think with growing up with hormones and stuff as well like it happens to everyone yeah but I also think it's important like 10 or 15 times in what you've just said you've said but I know other people have it worse and that isn't relevant (laughs) yeah so true I but i I think it's important what you've spoken about because I think when you're a kid, so much of your identity is formed and then throughout your life, you carry with you the things you learned to believe about yourself when you were younger. And I think Mm. if when you were at school, you experienced any kind of thing, which most of us do with other people, whether it means, you know, whether you were in the alpha spot or whether you were the, like, being treated badly spot, if, if that makes sense you carry that with you and then that shapes how you feel about yourself so like I I know like even just when you were saying you know I was kind of mean to someone or I was kind of mean to a few people and now I feel really guilty about that that guilt and that shame now shapes how you feel about yourself all the time and I think it's an important thing to talk about self-forgiveness and stuff like that as well which I'll go into later but I don't know I just it's so crazy how what happens to you when you're a child and when you're a teenager and what your experience at school and the dynamics there and how you're labeled and what you look like and how you're put into a specific box by your peers or actually by yourself often Mm. what 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 your peers have said about you or what you've then taken that to mean about who you are as a person we kind of accept what other people have said about us to be true if at school you were kind of made to be out to be stupid which obviously you kind of implied a few times or clumsy by other people or people that you're in relationships with especially if those are people that you trust and you love that then means to you okay well I trust what that person says I take advice from that person and if they are even if they're joking are saying oh shine such a flux I don't know how you get about in life like you're you're a mess that's when I have nearly every day (laughs) that's well that's not okay and that means that you're not being a good enough supporter of yourself no offense but it's true to say, hey, I actually care about myself enough that I'm not going to let other people speak about me like that. And maybe I have in the past, but now today, this brand new moment, I can make different decisions. Like we're not the same people as we have been in the past, but we do carry with us what's happened. So it's about like healing and working through the beliefs that you've had about yourself that aren't necessarily benefiting you now. But I mean, 
leading on from being a child as well, I think a lot of us have taken shame on. We feel shame about who we are and what we look like and what we've done or are doing and, you know, not liking ourselves or feeling embarrassed of ourselves or worrying what other people think happens because we value the opinion or assumptions we've made about the opinions of others more than our own. And we've got to learn to like know and love ourselves and in turn down downplay or turn down the shame. And, you know, if we feel ashamed, it can be because we aren't acting in alignment with who we are or who we want to be at our core, which can come from not knowing who we are at our core and what our beliefs and intentions are for the life we lead. So we can't act in alignment with our intentions. For example, wanting to be a kind and helpful person if we haven't set that intention to ourselves and we're offered, you know, two opportunities and one would lead in us being a kind and helpful, helpful person and one would in, uh, like maybe be going on a night out and seeing someone that you fancy or something, it can be easy to take the decision that isn't in alignment with who you actually want to be if you haven't pre-set out who you want to be. So true. I feel like sometimes we're trying to be like someone else, especially at school. It happens a lot where we are trying to be like people who fit in we see people who fit in we think i want to be like that so i'm just going to kind of not maybe consciously imitate but subconsciously imitate how they are and maybe they're actually not that nice like what you were saying and it makes you feel more confident if you feel like i can also be bitchy i can also be mean to this person or like a bit rude or whatever and then we realize down the line that things we were imitating about another person are actually qualities we don't like and we've assimilated with the personality we took on to cover the shame about who we feel we are on the inside which is actually a nice person and actually just dead fine but we didn't feel that we fit in so we tried to get someone else and then that's not worked out and now we don't feel like we are who we are we don't really know who we are because our actions and what we've been getting up to in the past don't actually align with who we are inside which i mean i mean this is the thing like also about this subject is like one thing that i used to hate about myself a lot was always canceling plans or breaking promises to myself and like it might sound like stupid but if I have a plan with myself that right okay on Sunday night I'm gonna watch a film and I'm gonna do nothing in the evening except for just relax and maybe have a bath and then I cancel that to do something that's not beneficial to me and is actually making me feel more drained then I've kind of broken that promise to myself to do something that would actually help me and then in the future I don't really trust myself if that makes sense so if somebody says oh what do you want to do about this then I feel like oh I don't know because I don't want to make the wrong choice because I don't trust myself Because I haven't kept promises to myself in the past or to other people. I feel like when you do that, you kind of make it so that you don't really believe yourself when you say you're going to do something. Does that make sense? Like you might say, oh, I'm going to start this new project or I'm going to write this book or I'm going to do this thing. But then... That was me. <laughs> well, you are doing something right now, so shut up. No, I said, I said that was not it is. Uh, you got me there, to be fair. And my thought was, oh, that's me. And then I was like, no, 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 that was me. Yes, girl. I love it. Um, and I feel like you just, you, you can end up like not trusting your own judgment and that gets in the way of pursuing all of your passions. So for me, it was like, okay, Jazz, how can you make it so you don't make promises to yourself or others that you can't keep from this moment? And it's not like, I promise myself I'm never going to make a promise I can't keep because it's too much pressure. Like you need to be a bit more like, okay, stop people pleasing because in the moment people pleasing and agreeing things you won't do isn't actually people pleasing it's just pissing people off in the long run in the long run uh and it makes you feel like kind of a crappy friend and then or like a crappy person and then when you're looking at yourself or thinking about yourself as a whole you're thinking oh joe i always count on my mates i'm not that useful i'm a a bit of a dick like then you don't like yourself (laughs) and so if you try and make it so you put less pressure on yourself then 
you won't have broken a promise to yourself. You won't have broken promises to other people. Maybe be, like, I used to have a friend that would always be like, yeah, maybe I'll come out at the weekend. And I'm like, come on, are you coming or are you not coming? <laughs> and he didn't want to put the pressure on himself to say, or, or on our friendship to make a promise that he couldn't keep. So he would just say, maybe. And then sometimes he would come and sometimes he wouldn't. And that, to me at the time, was annoying. But now I think that was smart. That was a good thing for him to do because now he doesn't have to feel like, God, I always let my friends down. He just comes if he can come and he doesn't if he can't. Do you know what I mean? That's so true. That's such a good thing to say, actually. Was that Stevie waiting, Jones? No, it was our friend Josh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Stevie always comes to everything. <laughs> well, that was how it used to be anyway. You'd be like, meet you at seven. No, every day. <laughs> oh, so he was the opposite with me. I was like, oh, maybe I might be able to. But maybe it's because he didn't want to let me down. Whereas I always thought it as a bad thing like oh he doesn't want to commit yeah Fine, that kind of thing it makes more sense that it would be that he doesn't want to let you down i think that's the, such an interesting thing as well like it's all about how your perception is which i guess is why mm, education yeah. is important because you've got to say my perception is this i don't want to let you down so i'm going to do this but we're always just trying to mind read of everyone else and make the assumptions we make the story we tell ourselves about what they are doing for a reason is often wrong but then makes us feel shit yeah so mad so yeah, I think it's important Like you can do it. This is one of my favorite affirmations is I trust myself. And once I started doing that, I started trying to act in alignment with that intention. I tried to think to myself, okay, if I've said to myself, right, tomorrow I'm going to get up and do yoga, which actually I just do every day now to make it so I don't have to make the choice. But if that was my intention as like an example, then if I say I'm going to do it, even if I don't feel like doing it, do it. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, if you do it and then you teach yourself, I'm going to do things that I say I'm going to do then it's a lot easier and like maybe in that situation if you do do that you'll be kind of able to stop doing what I did and like getting drunk and staying up all night the night before an important test or an event or a meeting or whatever would be in your life you know to sabotage yourself in your situation I was getting in my own way as a result of knowing oh I'm a fuck up anyway so I might as well just fuck it like it doesn't matter you want to be able to like rely on yourself so from this moment forward I recommend to all of us that we try to promise less and we can try and keep up with more. And it might mean learning to say no to things, even things you want, because it's in your better interest. So if the pressure of a promise makes you feel like, I don't want to do that thing, then stop promising yourself anything. You can just instead kind of say to yourself that you're going to evaluate your feelings in each moment and make a good choice for yourself because you can make good choices for yourself. Even if you've never made a good choice before for yourself and you think, God, I'm just a mess. I always get with the wrong people and I always do this random shit and it's not good for me like that doesn't mean you aren't capable of making a good choice do you know what I mean you know what will be the best thing for you and when you're proud of yourself for doing something that maybe you even feel like is out of character in terms of like auto quotes out of character you might realize that actually that's in your character but you've been acting out of character to not be like that yeah love that When you're proud of yourself, you feel love for yourself and then your love tank grows and you feel more confident, more able to manifest, more able to get through life, more able to be in like authentically yourself, which I feel like everyone who's successful in this world has done it from being who they are. So the next thing I wanted to say is, you know, you've got to remember you're not all of the things that you've previously disliked about yourself. So maybe there's been a time where a teacher called you lazy and then a boyfriend called you lazy or a girlfriend called you lazy or you know, somebody just kind of made a joke, oh, you're being so lazy. And then your whole time you're thinking, I'm not fucking lazy. But then you feel annoyed about it and you're just, da, 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 da. so you kind of want to think to yourself, I'm not the things that I've said to myself, oh, the bad thing about me is that I'm dead lazy. Like, you, you don't have to associate yourself with 
the thoughts or beliefs you've previously had. You can say, okay, maybe that even, even if it was true in the past, that doesn't have to be who I am now. I can change my behaviors and my actions and my thoughts to be the version of myself that I do like. And that's just from setting the intention to be the thing you do want to be. Do you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> I actually wanted to say something now. So there you go. You can, okay, you can rest on Yeah, that's so true. And on that note, actually, I feel like that's a big thing people say these days. It's, oh, you're so lazy. And it's very much like, oh, no, you're not. And it does actually really make me annoyed because people don't actually know what you do. Or Mm. say, okay, so I got a lot of stick recently during lockdown with my friends. And I'll admit, I even made the joke about myself, like, oh, I'm just on Sims all day. Like, well, say I'm on Sims all day. I might be playing like five hours of Sims, but. I might have been awake all night with my diabetes that night or my endo pain, or yeah. I might have doing my master's deadline. I might have worked three days solid on a, on a master's deadline and done the washing, changed the bed sheets, driven my boyfriend somewhere, gone to the doctors for an appointment. And maybe that isn't proactive or productive or enough for some people, but that could be a hell of a lot more than what somebody else has done. Oh, it's not up to somebody to decide what's lazy and what isn't. And my mum always says it to me as well. And it really frustrates me because I feel like you have no idea what I do. You think I'm sat here on a computer all day, which I am, but you don't know how many things I've done or what I'm doing then because you don't understand what it is. But it's also the same for the opposite and how everyone's meant to have a side hustle now or a project or be working nine to five and that's become the new cool and new normal isn't it? like oh I'm a boss babe I yeah and not realistically not like the key to both of these is just balance if you want to yeah. be lazy all weekend because you work all week fine if you have two crazy days on the weekend where that's all you do all your work but you get hardly any sleep and you want to rest all week fine like it or really any of the other options it can be literally yeah. anything like who gives a shit what anybody else says? This is what annoys me, though, because I feel like with identity, we all take on what other people say about us as if it's true. And we need to just start saying more things to ourselves that are what we want and who we really believe we are, which comes from finding clarity about it, which is what this whole episode's about. And then instead of accepting what other people say about us, just kind of think, okay, that's your opinion, but... Your opinion is none of my business. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's what yeah. people say. Like, your opinion about me is none of my business. I don't give a shit what you think. And I think, to be honest, like, some of the freedom that I've got from having issues with, like, my own family and stuff, um, like, where I don't speak to my mum and stuff, like, I feel like it's given me the freedom to realise, like, I don't actually have to have... If I, if I don't have to have my own mother in my life, don't ever speak to her, don't know anything about what's going on with her, we never speak to each other then I don't have to have anyone in my life that says anything bad to me about who I am. And that doesn't mean people can't give you criticism. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. But it's about people saying things to you and you deciding, do I accept that to be true? Or do I accept that that needs work? Or am I just going to say, okay, that's interesting. But I'm still going to choose to be who I want to be. And that doesn't mean to be rude to other people or anything, but just to think, who who do I want to be? and Who am I? And do I believe, if, if you know you've not been lazy, also playing Sims for five hours is pathetic me. It's like, come on. Some gamers play games like 18 hours a day, every day. <laughs> exactly. And they consider that work. And that's okay. So playing Sims for some rest time, like people watch TV for five hours every night. Like there's, it, there's nobody else's business. Also, we're in a lockdown. Also, just fuck off. It's so <laughs> true. Like, just fuck off. That's literally what I think now. And like, when I see people like, Oh, oh, that person's lazy or they're not doing a force. Oh, she's doing too much. It's like, well, 
mind your own business. Are you going to help them in any way? Or are you just going to say the <laughs> comment and probably make them feel shit? Yeah. Or is it just because you're jealous because you're not playing Sims for five hours because you're still under in a job that you don't like? like yeah, that you've chosen to do. That's some shitty job that isn't yeah. even towards your goal. Like, let everyone just do their own thing. Everyone just stop judging each other. Stop judging yourself and just let everyone learn who they are and be authentically themselves rather than like... I feel like the be thing intentionally is you. I feel like people have projections for other people about things they don't like about themselves. So if they think of themselves as being kind of a lazy person, and then they meet somebody and they're in a group setting and one of the people to them appears lazy, then they kind of think, oh, I hate that person because they don't like that about themselves. Or they, you know, they're saying, oh, I don't really want to hang out with that that person. But we're all just projecting shit onto other people all the time. So what we have to learn to do is kind of build a bubble around ourselves and think other people are going to project their own issues onto me. And I'm also probably going to do that to other people. So why don't I just be a bit more conscientious and conscientious and aware, conscientious and aware of what I think. And that doesn't mean like, I'm not trying to say like, it's all about me and everything I think is right. But everyone has their own version of reality in their own bubble. And I think that's the main thing. Also, another thing is like, there's this game, I haven't actually put this in the, the notes yet but there's something i was actually heard about a while ago and a good thing you can do in terms of like learning how to be okay with other people like imagine somebody gets on the tube and they've got like their sandwich out and they've rushed on and i don't know maybe they've got a kid with them and the kid's being a bit annoying or something and you're kind of maybe judging them a little bit in your head which i feel like Judging other people usually comes as a result of how much judgment you have for yourself. And a good way to combat your own judgment for yourself and learn to be less judgmental of other people is to play this game. It's called Just Like Me. And you see somebody who's doing something that once in a while is you. Like there are times where you're late for the train and you need to get on quick and you've got to be somewhere and have eaten before you get there. So you're just eating dead quick and maybe you're annoying other people on the train or whatever. But that is something that does happen to all of us in different ways. So when you look at somebody who's doing something that maybe you judge originally, then you think to yourself, okay, that person is this, just like me. And if you keep saying just like me, we realize that we're all actually the same in a lot of ways. And I love all that. have days where, or like you go into work and your boss is in a bit of a bad mood and they're a bit rude to you. And then you walk away from the situation, you're like, fucking hell, they're not so rude to me, what the fuck? But then you think to yourself, does it happen to me sometimes where I'm in a bad mood and people come in and I'm rude to them? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be judgmental of that because it happens to all of us. And then you learn to be more accepting of those things when they do happen to you. So you don't have to say, like, oh, I was such a dick to Stevie this morning. I was in such a bad mood. And then da 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 da. You can just think, okay, sometimes when I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to apologize and be my best to do about it. But I don't need to beat myself up about it. Yeah, it's so true. That's mentioned a lot in the um, You're a Badass by Jen Sincero that I mentioned in a previous episode as well, actually. Mm. Um, she talks a lot about forgiveness and changing changing your actions, but not beating yourself up. So forgiving yourself as well as forgiving another person or, or whatever. So Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, if we're all just culminations of the stories that we tell ourselves through our thoughts. So whether that's about, okay, I'm shit because I've done this or whatever. It doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to attach all of that to the idea of doing better. You don't have to think, I'm so bad because 
you've made a mistake, you just need to think, how can I do better and ask for forgiveness from others and from yourself and also give it to others and yourself. Um, I just think nobody really tells you that you have to be, you know, your own best friend in the world. Like it's been kind of shat on for so many years as being like vain or selfish. And, but to be honest, like, in my opinion, that's quite the opposite. It's actually like a good thing to be your own best friend because then you don't like a lot of, a lot of when we're rude to people, we have conflict. It can come from an ego problem where we feel like we need validation. But if you're already giving yourself the validation, you don't need that. And then you can just be friendly and be reasonable in lots of situations. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if you have to be everything to yourself as you grow up, you know, you're going to learn how to be supportive of other people, but also sort of supportive of yourself. It might make you a better parent if you learn to parent yourself and it can help you be a better friend if you're a good friend to yourself because you think, okay, well, what do I need? And then you give that to yourself, but you also are able to give that to others and show them how to give it to you. I think the main thing is about being your own friend. You're always going to have a friend. You're always going to have somebody looking out for your best safety and interests, your safety and best interests. You know, if you've got, if you're being your own parents yourself, it means you're going to make sure that you get things done before you go and play. And you're also going to be nurtured to cultivate the best version of yourself. And that means obviously you're going to get other help, but you're also going to be your own biggest supporter. And that's the person, you are the person to give you the day-to-day life that you crave, you know. There is no guarantee that any other person will be with you for the rest of your life. Not friends, not family, not anybody, not loved ones. Very true. So you have to be the best version of yourself for yourself. And that comes from setting the intention to be how you want to be and then working to do that. And I think it, it comes down to like, what are ways that you can figure out who you are and how you want to portray yourself in the world? And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know about you, but when we're looking for like concrete information about who we are, which is a really big and confusing topic, it can be easier sometimes to work from the idea of, okay, I don't know who I am, but I know who I'm not. Oh, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, like I know I was saying this to you the other day, but obviously when I started going to therapy a few years ago, um, it was like the, literally like the first day after the consultation. So in the consultation, you'd like go and say, what's your problem, what's your beef? And then in the, con- in the actual first one, he was like asking me about who I am who I am is like in my identity and I was kind of like don't know and <laughs> I would when I was younger I always used to kind of describe all the different things that have happened in my parents lives and what's going on with my sister as like a precursor to who I am so you know I'd be kind of like okay so my mum's mom left when she was 12 and then she didn't see her again for 10 years and then also my granddad wasn't that nice to her and she's also that da 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 and then I talk about my dad oh he was addicted to da 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 when he was younger and as like a way of saying this is why I am who I am but I think that was like a defense way of saying I don't know who the fuck I am but I know who these people are and who they are affects me in my day-to-day but Mm -hmm. that really took away from like who actually am I though and I now in the last few years have felt more authentically myself because I, I am a bit weird and I do really love nature and weird shit like that like I know it sounds daft but like I, I was always so embarrassed to have this. Like, yeah, like I always felt this like really weird. And I know this is something we're excited to talk about on another episode, but just as like a quick thing, like I always felt this, this really weird little person because I always really felt like from being a really young person, like I am a witch, but I always didn't want to say that to anyone because obviously it sounds fucking crazy. But as I got older, I started to realize it's okay to be into these types of things. And actually loads of people are, and doesn't mean whatever, like people can have different opinions about it. But in my life, that, shame about feeling like I'm actually really interested in like when I was a kid I had a rock collection 
a rock collection. Rock, like not even rock music, like rocks, like rocks. <laughs> and that is weird, but I always was really into it. You know, when you go to like, the science museum or like the natural history museum and there's like the bit where there's like all the crystals and stuff. Like obviously I've got bare crystals now, but when I was younger, I didn't know that was like as much of a thing. And I was always like, I really want to, I really want to hang out where all the animals are and all this weird shit. And uh-huh. yeah, but like, I feel like when you don't accept things about yourself, you can't move forward in life. You just feel like a weirdo. You don't feel like it's okay to just be who you are. And I'm not saying there's not loads of other people that are like me because I know that there is. Like, there's loads of people that are into those things. But when you're younger, sometimes you think there's, I'm just the only one and they're at least the only one that I know. And that can make you feel weird. So I feel like it's a good way to do it, to try and do, well, this is what my therapist suggested and we actually worked, like, I gave him some of the results and stuff. But I feel like doing personality tests and stuff, even if you don't agree with everything that it says, like we said, it can help you to say, okay, but that's not me. So then you eliminate one option and think, okay, so what is me then? Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, there's the Myers-Briggs personality test, which is a self-report questionnaire, which basically indicates differing psychological preferences in how people perceive the world and make decisions and stuff like that. So it basically attempts to assign four categories so introversion versus extroversion, sensing or intuition, thinking or feeling or judging and perceiving. And then it kind of creates like an ENFP, which is what I am, or or different combinations. And it explains to you for each one, like how that affects you in the world. And you might not agree with everything you say, but it says, but I think a lot of people who've done the Myers-Briggs personality test say, yeah, that that is me. So then another one that you can do is the big five, which is a personality test, which basically takes like suggested groupings for personality traits and then uses them to reveal like semantic associations so like for example a person that's described as like conscientious is more likely to be described as always prepared rather than messy and these associations suggest five broad dimensions used in common language to describe the human personality temperament and psyche so like it's quite good because it'll tell you like a percentage um in like a graph of once you've done the test so it'll be like the five factors are openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. And then it kind of explains to you how you fall in that, what your strengths and weaknesses might be. Um, and that can be useful for like jobs and everything like that, but also more importantly for starting to like yourself. Like when I went to therapy and then I went home and did this thing, I had at the time been feeling really shit about myself and pretty fucking down in the dumps, literally suicidal. And then when I was at home, and even though it takes a bit of time to resonate, I'm not just saying I read this and then I immediately thought I'm an amazing person. Everything's fine. But to read <laughs> like strengths, like when you read them, you think, Do you know what? That is true. And that is true of me. So that's actually a good thing. Like I am a nice person or I am caring or I am, you know, and it's okay to be, yeah, I am actually well neurotic as well, but or, or whatever. But it can help you see without having to say it to yourself what, could be true of you and then you can decide does that apply to me or does that not like maybe the test is wrong about you but it's more about you thinking how does that affect mm-hmm. me do you know what I mean does does that seem true or does that seem untrue and then you know not everyone obviously believes in astrology but there is also a really big value in doing a full nasal chart like that's not just knowing mm-hmm. your sun sign and getting your horoscope from the newspaper that's all the bollocks but if you get the full lowdown <laughs> 
you can get some really good insights. And again, it might not be things that you think is true, but that's okay because the whole point of the exercise is to look at information and think, is that is that more me or is that more me? Is that more me or is that more me? And that can help you narrow it down so you can think, okay, do I have a more clear image of who like who I am and how I am? Yeah, I actually um, did my native chart again this morning and I haven't read through all of it properly yet, but sometimes <laughs> it's quite a long thing, isn't it? Yeah, you? yeah, it's very long, and there's some things I I don't understand, like certain moons and things, but. Oh my gosh, some of it is so true. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I am like that. And oh, they that slap you a little bit, don't they? They're like rude. <laughs> yeah, it was really savage. It was saying how like I like often find myself around drama. It's because actually subconsciously I enjoy it, and I think that's so true. And I don't mean like horrendous drama, but it is like, yeah, just like there's like you might want to exaggerate when you're telling a story, and that is so me. Like I do have to stop myself sometimes. Like now, hold on, that's not yeah, quite yeah. how it works. Like. Um, it gets exciting though when you tell it an exciting story, doesn't it? You're like, oh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, some of it was just very interesting, and and basically my own, whole yeah, and basically my chart. I'm a Libra Moon and a Libra Sun, um, and basically my whole my whole life is ruled around kind of romance, the feeling of love, and caring for others, and I do feel like mm. that is so me, and, and I don't mean like oh. I'm always the most loving person and I care about everyone. Like, I wish I could say that, but I know that like romance affects my whole life. And a lot of the times it's actually a negative way. Yeah. Whereas other times it's a really nice, exciting way. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I I think that's the thing, like with doing these tests, it can really give you an opportunity to evaluate what's true for you. Like what, what, like you said, oh, you know, it really hits the nail on the head on some of the things. Some of the things it's a bit confusing, but that's not the point. The point is, okay, if that's if that's true for me, do I like that about myself, or do mm-hmm. I want to work to change that about myself? If that's not true for me, am I happy about that, or am I unhappy about that? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think the, the important thing is to make sure with natal charts is to make sure that you're looking at everything in combination because when you're mm-hmm. looking at like individual parts of it which is quite a big map of like loads of different parts of who you are and different the different houses and the different planets that are have different zodiac signs affect you in different ways so like you know if for example i'm i have loads of cardinal signs which means the planet is in the zodiac sign that it's naturally in in my chart so for example mars is a planet that's all about like how you communicate and how you like it's quite, it's also the planet of like war, so it's quite like direct. And then Aries is the planet that that goes with, which is also a very direct thing. So my Mars is in Aries, which means out of all of the different ways you can communicate with somebody, I'm kind of like a bit blunt and direct, a bit like harsh, which I try not to be, but that's not always a good thing. But in some situations, I find it difficult when other people are like dithering about something that doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Because to me, I'm like right, but you have to, you can use that information that. And then once you've evaluated it to see whether that's true for you, to think, okay, maybe I will try and notice next time I'm having a conversation where that might be important and see, am I valuing being direct over, for example, other people's feelings? And then that's a good way to kind of see. Besides your natal chart, which is obviously really interesting for it as well, you can also do a human design test, which some people have like differing opinions about, but all of these different tasks 
like you know finding out your life path number finding out you know your natal chart all this different stuff it's all just ways to find more information about what you could be like and then you decide whether that is what you are like what you think you might be like or whether you don't agree with it at all in which case you can think of okay well what what instead of that what would be the case am i actually more you know rational thinking or or, or whatever like it's just for you to decide how you want to think of yourself and then try and find the good and affirm that good more often than not. Another really important test to do, and this one is a lot easier to relate to because it's not going to be so like, and you're this kind of person, you would do this with your life and da da da. Your love languages test. And I think this is really important. Love is one. Yeah, it's really important for your relationships. But more importantly, which a lot of people don't think of it like this, it's really important for your self relationship because. The, the five different ones are quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, and physical touch. You need to figure out for yourself what your top two ones, because they put them in order of like what is yourself. And then use them on yourself because you find out that your love tank is pretty empty sometimes. Like everyone has different ways of loving other people. Like for example, for me, my top two are words of affirmation and quality time. So when I'm in a relationship with somebody, whether it's like a parental relationship, sister, brother, relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend or just mates, when if I haven't received enough of that over the course of our friendship, etc., then I will not feel as loved by you and thus will not feel as trusted by you. Do you know what I mean? So for me, it's like I need people to remind me in a romantic relationship that they find me attractive or that they love me or whatever. And it's okay, that's just my way of doing it. And also, I'm somebody that needs to spend a lot of time with somebody that I'm close to, if you know what I mean. And that also reflects on myself, which also means if I want to have a good relationship with myself, I also need to, and this is something I've struggled with a lot in the past, especially with being homeless and stuff, I had to live with people all the time and kind of be with people all the time if I wanted somewhere to go. I wasn't spending enough time alone with myself then I wasn't showing myself enough love in the time because I was also like you. I'm a people pleaser. So when I'm with people, I make it like, what are they doing? What do they want? What what can I do to be helpful to them? And then that's not giving myself enough time to give myself the love and just attention in like a just a normal time. Like not necessarily sexually, but yeah, as well. But do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and then also, also words of affirmation, obviously affirmations. I love them because for me, that's one of my love languages. So when I'm showing myself that love by saying, I am this, this, and this, that's a good thing. That makes me feel good. That fills up my love tank. And I think that's important for all of us to find out if it's receiving gifts, get yourself a gift. Even if you don't have that much money, you can get yourself a little gift. If you like, like using a journal, buy a journal for a quid, just get yourself a little gift. Or if you, you know, if your little gift favorite thing might be like a bag of sweets, get that. So true. Do you know what your love languages are? I'm just doing the quiz now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure mine is, wait, is there one that's like work? Like words of affirmation. Yeah, that's just like, I fancy you. I think you're great. Yeah, because I I do. Um, (laughs) Tell me everything. (laughs) I think it might be that in touch, I think. Uh, Yeah, so basically, you know, you learn to treat yourself the way you want others to treat you and you may be like a lot more satisfied in life and it might, also act as an example to other people my primary love language is physical touch i don't know if it's because i'm thinking about my relationship right now though that's i think that's what it is i'm thinking about me and steven together and yeah, the way depends. i am 
I think it does make a difference what you do the test thinking of when you're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I think it wouldn't necessarily, but I think it's because I crave that so much because it's what we get. I get the least, but that's why that's my top one. Yeah, but I mean, so, do you, do you have like a touchy relationship? This is going to sound weird. Let me rephrase it. <laughs> Wait. Do you, do you get hugged by your parents? Like, do you have like a a hugging kind of thing with your parents or with friends? Would you say that like when you're? Oh, I'll touch anyone if I can. Hey. <laughs> The primary one is physical touch, which is 29%. Words of affirmation is 26%. Quality time is 26%. Acts of service is 13%. And receiving gifts is 6%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like me. I think that's quite similar. The way that we give and receive love is so much different to other people, but that doesn't mean that we can't recognize it. As long as we know, okay, that person's love language is this, I feel like it can be massive in, in making a relationship work well, but also massive in making a relationship work well with yourself. Because if, if, like me, your words of, yours is words of affirmation as one of your top ones, but you've never said anything nice to yourself, your, your love tank is going to be pretty fucking empty. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're going to be feeling pretty shit. Give my loving some nudging. <laughs> all this talk of love and loving ourselves and love nudging and all that has made us decide that this episode should be a two-parter. So you can catch us next week for more info on getting to know yourself, journal prompts, ways to understand more and our grow, grow and go sections. So we love you very much and love you, bye. Bye. Love you, bye. Bye. today slide into our dms if you enjoyed today's episode please comment rate and share as it really helps get us out there we'll catch you in our next episode until then stay blessed and remember to grow glow and go and be intentionally you